48 Hour Art Check. Best of Podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube. 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at CoreyKerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is preventing injuries and uh, maintenance uh, from an actual physical therapist. So, Jordan, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, I thought this would be really an interesting topic uh, to kind of go over because um, I have and I have some of them here. And I don't know if you can uh, – I'll, I'll hold them up and you can tell me whether they're worthless or whether it's placebo or whatever. But um, – I've kind of come up with a series of things that I do because, you know, I'm kind of approaching 40 and a lot of my time is spent, you know, several hours a day kind of hunched over a drafting table or... Wait, Corey, how do you kind of approach 40? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm trying to soften it. I still think I'm in my mid-30s, <laughs> sorry, sorry. but in a in a month or two, I'm going to be 39. So I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, approaching okay. it, right? I'm still... Fair. I think 39 is still mid-40s, right? That counts. That's fair. That's fair. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. So... Uh, yeah, I think when I actually turn 40, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to say because I've been claiming mid-30s for a while. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, I spent, I spent a significant amount of my time, um, you know, hunched over. Um, and, if I, and if I don't pay attention to certain things, um, you know, I can, I can get cramps in my hand. Uh, I, I can get kind of like a, what I think might be like a tennis elbow situation. Uh, my neck can hurt. Um, I've had periods of time where I just had like a permanent knot behind my shoulder blade, like just on the left side. And, and so there's been different things that I've had to do to kind of adjust for this. But I'm, I'm just curious because a lot of the people that listen to this uh, podcast are um, are people who spend a lot of time at the computer or a lot of time at a drafting table. But a lot of time like sedentary, sitting, stationary, um, you know, arms forward, leaning forward. Um, what, what are some basic things that we could do to kind of, uh, to kind of not kill ourselves and burn our body out prematurely? Yeah, that's a great question. This is, this is a really, uh, a really hard question. Um, not in that it's hard to implement things, but it's just hard to actually do what is necessary to avoid some of these aches and pains that are very common with artists, um, both, um, artistic in, in terms of like drafting or, or painting, things like that, but also my musicians as well that I see. Yeah. And the reason for that is because we're oftentimes very asymmetrical. You know, you're right handed, you're left handed, you're hunched over that drafting board, you're hunched over that computer, um, or over that instrument. Um, but I think you nailed one of the, the first things that I recommend to all my patients, and that is you gotta get up. You gotta give yourself breaks. Um, when you stay in one position for way too long, you're just going to start feeling it and you're going to break down. Um, and you know what, when you're in your twenties, maybe it's going to take a lot longer for you to break down. But when you get to your thirties, your forties, your fifties, you break down a little bit faster and faster and faster. Um, so just getting up and I recommend my, my patients move every 45 minutes to an hour, whether you drink so much fluid that you just have to get up and go to the restroom or <laughs> I mean, whatever tricks it takes. And I have people put, um, alarms on their cell phones, on their computers, sticky notes, talk to loved ones to make them get up. Um, but it's creating that habit and having other people or other external reminders help you remember to just even just stand up, stretch, move around and then get right back into it. Cause sometimes you don't want to interrupt those creative juices that are flowing. Yeah. Um, 
but that's what that's what the biggest thing I recommend. So so during during those breaks, um, you said that they can be quick, um, which is good because once I get into the flow, I kind of lose. I lose it if I get distracted. But what what type of what type of stretches or or moving? I mean, is it just the fact that I stood up, or do, you know, should I go do some lunges? Should I run up and down some stairs? Um, I mean, should I like get down and do some you know quadricep hamstring type stretches? I mean, what is it that? What are, what are the actual activities that I should be doing during those breaks? You know what? That's a really good question. I say it depends on where you're at in your process. I mean, if you're in the thick and thin of it and you're really having a great creative session and things are just working, get up, stretch, you know, turn your head side to side, uh, look all the way to the right, look all the way to the left, twist your back a little bit, sit back down, get right back into it. Because that's all you have to afford so that you don't lose where you're at. And and that happens and and that's okay. If you have more time and if you can take a little bit of a break, even a minute to five minutes is enough, I would sit down and I say, because what you do as an artist is so asymmetrical, um, you want to try to undo that asymmetry. Okay. So whether that's um, push-ups are very symmetrical, right? You've got one arm on each side, arms at you know, 90 degrees, give or take a little bit, um, and you, you bust out 10, 15, 20 push-ups. Yeah. You've worked your right shoulder, you've worked your left shoulder, your right pec, your left pec, um, your head, your neck muscles have to be working symmetrically while you do that. Uh, you're, you're undoing some of these asymmetries you've been putting yourself in for the past hour. Um, so that's, that's an easy one. Foam rollers. Uh, a lot of people love foam rollers. I don't think they're the cure-all. It's not going to fix everything. Uh, but rolling out your back, rolling out your shoulders. Uh, I love lacrosse balls. They're small. You can take them anywhere. They can travel with them. And if you've got that knot like you were talking about on that left side, know that it's there. Know that it's a propensity. So preemptively, in that 30-second minute break, take that foam roller, roll it against the wall, or sorry, that uh, lacrosse ball or foam roller, um, and, and you can work that out. Um, pull-ups. I love pull-ups. That's another one that's very symmetrical. Um, yeah, I could keep going. You want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think those are all those are all super helpful. Um, so basically, anything that I'm going to do um, that's going to engage like both sides of my body will kind of like kind of reset things and help things because what I found what I found um, is when I when I had that knot um, if you were to come to my studio you would see that I don't have any arms on any of my chairs and it's mm. because what I was doing and I didn't realize it because because I was talking to the chiropractor um, you know I talked to a couple of them I talked to a couple of massage therapists finally a friend of mine who's a massage therapist was like can I just come and watch you draw I was like sure so she came by and then Immediately, she was like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on. And I was like, well, what? And she's like, I had been putting my the entire weight of my body on my left arm because we couldn't figure out why it was my left shoulder that was causing yeah. problems when my right arm is the one that's that's forward, right, that I'm right. And and so and she said, you're like supporting the entire weight of your upper body like in this stationary weird position where you're just like leaning on your elbow because I was trying to like free up my right arm. And so now yeah. that I like removed the – I removed the arms off of my off of my drawing chair. Um, like I can't do that anymore, and so I, I find that I'm, I'm like upright a little bit better. Um, but a persistent one that I have now, and I know that this came up in the last episode, is uh, you know because I'm doing a lot of work with my with my fingers and with my wrist and with my elbow and my shoulder. Like depending on how coarse or fine I'm, you know the, the lines that I'm putting down. Um, I get a lot of pain like along like the top of my forearm and especially like in the back of my hand. 
Um, is there something, I've got two questions, something that I can do that I should be doing to prevent that? Um, and the other one is if that starts to happen, is there something, um, that I should be doing to kind of like ward off serious injury or to strengthen something to kind of avoid that repetitive stress injury in the future? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So just keep me honest, make sure I answer both those questions. Okay. Um, cause I tend to go down rabbit holes sometimes. That's unacceptable um, on a podcast. I, I, yeah. I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, so first of all, you, you kind of alluded to tennis elbow earlier. Um, tennis elbow really needs to be you know, diagnosed by a healthcare professional to, right. to really see if it's tennis elbow or not. But yeah, the symptoms you're describing are um, such that they would align with tennis elbow. What a lot of research is showing now is that tennis elbow actually comes from imbalances in the shoulder, not actually the elbow or the wrist. Okay. And so once again, you go back to your drawing board, literally pun intended, and it's you're hunched over your drawing board. You're hunched over your tablet. Yeah. And oftentimes it's due to weakness in the shoulder blade and the shoulder muscles that put more stress on the elbow and on the wrist to try to help stabilize the shoulder. Sounds kind of weird. Elbow doesn't help stabilize the shoulder, but the body doesn't know that when it's all kind of, not a pretzel, but you are askew a little bit. Right. Um, so a preventative thing that you can do is strengthen your shoulder blades. And so some of those exercises that I mentioned, the push-ups, uh, the pull-ups, um, they're simple banded exercises where you just pull your arms apart with your elbows next to your side. Um, those will all target those muscles and help decrease the chance of putting extra strain at the elbow. Um, in a very large picture, other things that you can do are just wrist curls. Like you do a bicep curl, it's like doing a bicep curl for your wrist. And so your mm-hmm. forearm's stationary, you can go you know, up, or like you're working the throttle of a motorcycle. But with you know five ten pound weight in your hand, um, and you can take little breaks doing that, and that's going to work all those muscles in a way that's different from the repetitive motion of whether you're doing your broad strokes or your tiny detailed work. Um, but you're working all of those muscles, and that's the idea is to kind of work them differently than you would normally do while you are painting or while you are drawing or whatever it is that you're doing, playing the so, guitar or whatnot. So how do you how do you know? Um you know, when is enough on those exercises and when is too much? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, at some point in time you could get, um, you know, I mean, I could, I'm sure I could overdo it on those wrist curls and, you know, and, and cause myself injury uh, or not do enough reps and it, it's not really doing anything. Is there, is there kind of a sensation that I should be paying attention to or, or yeah. what do I do to kind of gauge that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and that's always one of the questions that we get is, you know, what's too much, what's not enough. You know, how do I, how do I know? Um, and that's ultimately, it comes down to just knowing your body, uh, which kind of sounds a little bit funny sometimes, but it, it truly is any athlete that I work with. And I, I consider artists athletes as well, just in a different respect, because your wrists and your forearms are doing things that my wrist and forearm cannot do. Sure. So you're just training your body in a way that's very different than how I train my body, but we still have to go through the same physiological processes of adaptation and strengthening. So what I like to tell people is if there's a mild discomfort and it's just kind of a, a little bit of an ache and you're like, oh, I'm aware of it, but it's not killing me, eh, it's no big deal. Like know that you need to start paying attention to it. Maybe yeah. stretch out your forearms a little bit. Maybe stretch out your shoulders. You know, you're working in those breaks every 45 minutes to an hour. But when it becomes, oh my gosh, like, no, I'm not even painting right now. Or I'm not even sketching right now and I feel it. Yeah. Okay, we've gone too far. Um, we need to pull you back. So if you're a runner, I'm going to tell you, okay, you got to stop running as much. I'm not going to tell you not to run. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you decrease your mileage, decrease your volume. So I'm not going to tell you to stop working on your art. I'm going to say, 
mm, how long are your sessions? Oh, you're going for four hours at a time? Let's cut that in half. Let's go two hours at a time, take an hour break, and then you do another two-hour session. Okay. Now, if your job is dependent on it, sometimes this can be a little bit challenging, um, but we've really got to make sure that we don't give the body more of a load than it can handle at that given time. And so that's where I say, you know, when that ache and that kind of awareness turns into a, ouch, this is really hurting me and this is stopping me from doing what I want to do, that's where we've crossed that line into danger. Um, If you're doing an exercise, a stretch, a strengthening exercise, and you're starting to get that same, ooh, that's painful. Okay, we're doing way too much. Exercise should not be painful. Art should not be painful. Mm-hmm. So does, that, does that kind of help answer your question a little yeah, bit? Yeah, it does. And I want to point two things out. One, a licensed medical professional just said that art is uh, is an athletic activity. So I'm good with that, <laughs> that you've just made everybody really happy. You're all jocks now, everybody who's listening. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, the other thing is I, I like the I like the idea of kind of kind of paying attention to my body and understand because I mean and I, I don't know if this is just something because you know I was a three sport athlete in high school and I did a lot of rock climbing in college and so like I'm aware of the difference between like you know like an, an injury level pain or you know discomfort from just fatigue um, and I, I'm just. I'm not, I'm not sure if everybody's along those lines or whatever, but um, we, we've got a question in the chat here. Um, for somebody who's doing their work digitally, um, what are some things that I can do to prevent eye damage? And I'm, I'm not sure if you have any expertise in that area or not, but uh, does anything come to mind on that? Yeah, so this is actually something I've been really fascinated. I, I, I will say that I do not have expertise in this area, but I have actually done a lot of my own research just because I have been very curious about screen time and about what it does to my eyes. Mm-hmm. I had LASIK a couple of years ago, so I've talked to a couple of different optometrists about what screens do to my eyes and whatnot. Um, so there's a, there's a couple different things, and I just listened to a podcast actually yesterday about sleep and screens and, and how they impact that because, once again, a lot – of times you're staring at a screen 24-7, that blue light, if you're familiar with the blue light, so short wavelength, I think it's short wavelength, um, can actually decrease levels of serotonin in serotonin secretion in your brain, which will help throw off your entire sleep cycle, your sleep-wake right. cycle. Um, which is why they so say you shouldn't like fall asleep looking at your phone, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, they say, I think the recommendation is one hour. Um, to try to unplug from electronics an hour before bedtime. Once again, sometimes that's not possible due to your work or schedule or things like that. There are programs out there that actually can decrease blue light in your electronic devices. So if you have an mm-hmm. um, Apple product, you can adjust the warmth of your screen, put it in night mode, um, and that will actually, you know, once again, this is more sleep, so I'm not quite sure if this is pertaining to the question exactly. Um, but there's also glasses out there that uh, will cut down blue light. Um, I don't think I've never seen once again this is not my area of expertise I haven't seen anything saying that blue light is harmful but it just does mess with those you know sleep wake cycles yeah. um, and serotonin release um, and what I've what I've what I've actually been told by an optometrist uh, is that uh, if if I'm doing that in the dark that's not great because what what will happen is that you know your eyes are not exactly sure like how open to be to allow light in but if if there's about the same level of light in the room um as there is in the screen and then it kind of evens everything out and and that you're doing okay but one of the things that i've that i've seen and that i that i've talked to people about is oftentimes and i'll have to do this this is going to be great radio for those people listening to the podcast but you 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 
stick your head forward and stick kind of sticking your head forward you kind of kink your neck at the back of the back of the skull reduces blood flow and things and it causes a lot of problems and oftentimes um, a lot of what we see is ice or what we feel is eye strain is, is sometimes like a headache coming on that's due to because you know our shoulders are tensed up or our, our neck is in a weird position because we're not really like aligning the things that we should uh, bad posture basically is 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 causing a lot of those issues. And it's not necessarily that our eyes are fatigued as much as it is that we're just getting a headache or we're getting, you know, less blood flow or, you know, like something else is kind of causing it. Kind of like you said with like the problem in your elbow is actually in your shoulder. It can often be that type of thing. Yeah. And that's a really good point because once again, I mean, we could talk about all kinds of, you know, tricks and things that we can do. um, But ultimately, if you're having issues, I mean, the best thing to do is go see your healthcare professional, whether you have a good doctor you can trust or a chiropractor or a physical therapist. Um, Even like you said, Corey, you know, that massage therapist saw how you were drawing and she could instantly see or he could instantly see that, oh, that's what's wrong. I mean, that's what that is what I do for my profession is I watch how people move and make an adjustment. So oftentimes that that headache that you have or that eye strain that you have, you're absolutely right, could come from cervical genital headaches, which mm-hmm. is coming from your neck. And it's because you are craning and straining and, and those muscles are just so tight and the, the spine is actually out of alignment, pinching off nerves that are communicating with your eyes or the, the area um, of your forehead, things like that that can cause headaches and tension and whatnot. So it's really important to, to do our best to diagnose which is where Google is awesome and Google is horrible because <laughs> um, Dr. Google can get things right and can get things wrong. Um, but finding out where the real problem is at and what, what's causing the problem is what is crucial in getting rid of some of these issues, whether it's, you know, these tension headaches, whether it's pain in the elbow, whatever, you know, whatever the case might be. Okay. Okay. What I want to do is I want to take one or two more questions and then do a quick lightning round and we'll, we'll wrap up here, here pretty quick. So um, Pepper DeLuca, I'll pull this up. Um, she has, uh, or he or she, actually, I don't know. Sorry, Pepper, I'm not sure. Uh, has, a, has a question. Do you have anything for people with nerve damage? So there's, there's been some significant injury. Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is diagnosed nerve damage. Um, is, is there anything that can be done, uh, you know, once the nerves themselves are damaged? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, most common with artists is going to be like carpal tunnel type of things or cervical, um, thoracic outlet syndrome it's where uh nerves are pinched off coming from the neck but it actually is felt and perceived in your hand mm-hmm. um there's nothing wrong with your hand it's from the neck um yes a lot of people write this off and say oh well there's nothing you can do uh here's some drugs i am not a huge fan of drugs i think they have their place but once again finding the source of the issue my mom had carpal tunnel she plays the harp uh it was actually coming from her neck not her wrist you address the neck the wrist got better um Nerves do grow and they regenerate at about a millimeter per day. So if you do have nerve damage, we can't say that it 100% won't come back, but it just depends on the damage. If you cut off a nerve, that that severed nerve has to find the other nerve. And if you're growing at one millimeter a day, there's a chance that it might not, you know, get back into the right place with, you know, amputations and surgeries. Um, I see that a lot with uh, surgical rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I tell people is that the brain is phenomenal. Um, people will see changes in their nervous system years after the injury. A great example is stroke. Um, I mean, I've got a patient right now who, when I first saw him over a year and a half ago, could barely walk. And now we're doing laps around his property. Um, doctor said he would never be able to walk again. So 
once again, I mean, it's a very, very broad category of nerve damage. Um, yeah. And it all really depends. But I'd say if you can find the proper, the true diagnosis, which is, is hard, um, I wouldn't write it off. I'd you know, just keep trying, keep trying to figure it out. And there, there is hope. Good. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so, sorry, Pepper, I, I, I know you're a he, but when I'm like trying to talk and read at the same time, I don't know. I got <laughs> Sorry, dude. I know. Anyway, uh, so um, n- now let's do kind of a lightning round. I'm going to show you some stuff that I've been using. And, and you can just tell me real fast whether you think it's uh, whether you think it's doing something useful or whether uh, whether it's kind of a placebo thing. Okay, good. All right. Okay. Yep. So uh, I've got I've got this thing. Um, for those of you that are uh, listening to this, this is like a big uh, it's like a big hook, and it's got little balls on it. And what I'll Therakane. do is what is it called? Google Theracane. Theracane. Okay. Yeah. So especially on this knot, my back. Um, instead of, you know, like having somebody else massage me or whatever, I can, I can take this and I can kind of dig it into my back and find that knot and kind of, kind of pull. Um, and so I kind of use it as kind of like a self pressure point thing. Is that, is that worth something or not? I'd say two things. First of all, excellent. Um, some people like a lot of pressure and go really, really deep and that actually help relieve knots and tension in their muscles. Awesome. Some people will respond really, really poorly to going hardcore at those knots, and it actually makes things worse. If you like a really deep tissue massage, great. Go all at it. Go really hard. If you like a light and you really respond well to light tissue massage, don't do not do that. <laughs> You're not going to okay. do yourself any favor. Um, yeah. The second thing I would say to that is, why is that happening? Why do you have those knots? Great. You're treating a symptom right now you're treating the pain but why do you have those knots and i would venture to say it's probably postural related there's maybe some imbalances maybe some weaknesses um so as though we do have some ways to decrease your symptoms awesome we need that but ultimately my goal if i was working with you one-on-one would be like no let's figure out why you have those knots let's strengthen those muscles let's get rid of those knots so you Mm -hmm. don't need the secondary thing to help you out is it good yes could it be not even necessary yes okay good I think I know what it is. I, I'm like 35 pounds overweight. I think that's the. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. Um, this one is. Uh, it's called a body blade, and it's a yep. big, giant carbon fiber thing. There's a, a rubber piece in the middle, and you shake it back and forth. And I, I couple this with a balance pad. Um, but this, this, this. I had a. I had an old injury from volleyball, like in high school decades ago and uh and i got this thing and i started using it and and i have like no pain in my shoulder anymore and when i when i get pain in my shoulder again i use this for a couple days and it's gone i don't even know what this is doing but um whether it's placebo or not i'm still going to use it but what do you what do you think of body blades i love body blades i use them all the time um we've got a couple in the clinic that i work at and uh uh, what is it doing? It's actually making you use your muscles. So perhaps some of those uh, imbalances, some of those weaknesses, when you start using that body blade, you're actually firing more nerves in that part of your body, helping your brain communicate with those muscles a little bit better potentially. Um, you get better muscle activation, posture's a little bit better aligned, pain decreases. Um, but ultimately what you're doing is probably stimulating muscle um, to actually help support a joint or help decrease stress on a blood supply, a nerve supply, or something like that. Love body blades. I think they're excellent. You can use them for core. You can use them for shoulders. You can do them for a whole, a, a lot of different things. I think they're awesome. Cool. 
Okay, two more. Uh, this is a balance pad. And uh, for those of you listening, it's just a giant blue rectangle. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's about like three inches thick. And uh, anyway, I just stand on this. That's that's all I do is I'll just stand on it. And, and this is this is something that um, that was prescribed after I was in a car accident. Um, and so I got insurance to pay for it, which is great. Um, but I'll do this or I'll do this in conjunction with kind of like the body blade. Uh, and it, and it kind of helps with like lower back stuff. Uh, is this, uh, is worth anything or, or, uh, and, and what is it doing? Yeah. Once again, I love all types of balances for anybody who's 95 to five years old. Well, usually the five year olds don't really need it too much. Um, <laughs> they so, will, they will. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you mentioned that you got rid of some of your left shoulder pain when you removed your armrest. Right. Well, as soon as you remove your armrest, there's no more support. It's like you're taking a tripod and you took off one leg of that tripod. Well, now you just have a bipod and that's not nearly as stable as a tripod. So in the human body, there has to be compensation somewhere. And that means your core actually has to do more. Um, balances, balance beams, balance foam balance, uh, just single leg balance. You don't even need you know anything special. Phenomenal for getting core activation, leg activation. Um, doing exercises on this foam can actually help stimulate muscles all throughout the body. I think it's phenomenal, even for sitting posture, because you have to have good core strength um, for sitting posture as well. Great. Okay, last last final thing in the lightning round. Um, this mm. thing, and it's been, I've heard it called a number of different things, but it's basically like a gyroscope ball. And you get it going, and it gives you resistance. And I move my I move my arm kind of in a circular motion, sometimes like this, sometimes sorry, sometimes like a waving motion, sometimes a circular motion, and um, and then sometimes like a door, like I'm turning a doorknob. And what what I find is whenever I get kind of that that pain in in the tendons of my hand or the pain that's near my elbow or running down my forearm, um, that doing this, uh, you know, no more than two times a day for just a couple of minutes. Um, I mean, it, it, it solves that real fast. Is it worth, worth something? What is it doing? Perfect. I love it. Um, there's a lot of different ways of, of, of working these muscles, but what I like about that contraption is that you're working a lot of different muscle groups with one exercise, basically. So I mentioned kind of doing wrist curls, whether you're doing kind of extension or pulling your wrist back or curling your wrist forward like you would uh, you know, a throttle or the reverse throttle on a motorcycle. Um, what you're doing with that one is you're working 360 degrees of your wrist because your wrist can move in you know a lot of different degrees of motion. You're working a large, large, uh, I shouldn't say group of muscles, but multiple groups of muscles. Mm-hmm. All of that is going to help maintain strength or increase strength and you know, at, once again, activate those muscles. So when you're drawing, maybe you're using a lot of your, what we call your wrist uh, extensors, mm-hmm. uh, which are the muscles on the top part of your forearm. Um, But you also need to balance that out by using your wrist flexors. Um, And if you have that imbalance, you can get some of this tennis elbow pain or or those types of symptoms. But that exercise is going to be phenomenal for, once again, just trying to create more symmetry in the body. Um, And that's why I think your pain is probably decreasing just because you're doing a better job of activating all those stabilizing muscles of the wrist. Great. That's awesome. So I would say take all those things and put them into a daily routine. Maybe not a daily routine, but you know, three times a week maintenance. So you've got your foam, you've got your body blade, you've got your wrist roller thingamajigger. Um, and if you can do all of those things a couple times a week, and if you can stay religious doing those things, 
I think overall you'll have decrease aches and pains because you're maintaining better muscular strength, if you will, or muscle adaptations, if you will. Great. That's awesome. That's good. Okay. Uh, so any, any final thoughts if you were to uh, tell all the artists in the world, um, you know, one, one big piece of advice, what, what would that be in, in closing here? Oh man, stay active. Okay. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing, which I mean, yeah, you, you can go so many different directions with that, but getting up every 45 minutes to an hour, once again, maybe that's only a 30 seconds. Uh, maybe that's five minutes and you're doing one of these, these routines or some of those, you know, things that you just brought out. Um, but staying active is going to decrease your chance of injury in general. Great. That's awesome. Remember you're an athlete. You're an athlete. Yes. We're athletes. That's <laughs> how this works. So, uh, so Jordan, where can, where can people find you on Instagram so that we can, uh, we can watch you and, uh, you and your son have the, all these awesome adventures. <laughs> so I've got, uh, an Instagram, a uh, fit, right PT. Um, I usually put more informational things. Uh, a lot of it's tailored to endurance athletics since that's my passion. Um, uh, I also have a website, fitrightphysicaltherapy.com. Uh, that's more for people who are in LA. If you have any questions or whatnot, you can reach out. Or if you have any questions, you can go ahead and email me. My contact information is on there. I'm, there's oftentimes we can do a lot just via email. Um, I'm all about saving those co-pays if you don't need to go in to uh, utilize insurance and whatnot. But, yeah, that's where I'm at. Great. Sounds good. Okay, well, thanks for everybody in the chat. And uh, if you want to check out my stuff, you can always go to coreykerr.com. Um, just a reminder that we'll be doing a sticker stint, um, kind of a shorter version of that where the last two weeks of February, um, I'm going to try to get as many people as possible to make a sticker every day, uh, with me. I'll be doing that and posting progress live. And so if you want to do that with me, uh, jump on to coreykerr.com slash sticker stint. And, uh, as always, you can check out this podcast that you are currently listening to at coreykerr.com slash 48 HR. would super appreciate if you guys would share that with your friends. Uh, tattoo it on the back of your four, back of your hands. You see it all the time. Uh, write it in your bathroom mirror so you look at it while you're shaving or whatever. But uh, most importantly, leave me a review because um, those reviews really help kind of spread the word and everything. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple days.